video games were made to be played. Don't play yours? We know some people who will. We are Get Well Gamers, a charity who take your unwanted video games and consoles to give to children's hospitals and wards across the UK. Donating is super easy. Just head over to our website, getwellgamers.org.uk, to fill out our online donation form. You've played the hero, now be the hero. And welcome to episode 124 of the Pure Dead Gaming podcast. Craig, Jess, and Andy, he has returned. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Craig. Didn't even think I was getting introduced well, I know, there. I know, oh, nearly God. missed you. Second but, class sits yeah. over here. Um, yes, hello from Bonnie Scotland. We are here to catch you up and react to the latest news in the video game industry. In this episode, we'll be discussing the upcoming and highly anticipated Xbox showcase and a possible PlayStation state of play, plus the reactions to the recent Phil Spencer interview on the Kinda Funny Xcast. We're also going to be taking a look at the biggest upcoming releases, including Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which I'm very excited about, and also sharing our thoughts on the latest games we have been playing. And, as always, we'll be rounding out the episode with a movie review this week featuring the classic action flick Tango and Cash. So we hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to get in touch with questions, feedback, comments, and do make sure you are following so you don't miss future episodes. And speaking of future episodes, in case you missed an announcement, more content will be coming your way as of this weekend with the launch of Pure Dead PlayStation, a PlayStation-centric podcast which will be dropping twice a month and hosted by Donnie. Not for everyone, I appreciate, but if PlayStation is your thing, then do make sure you watch out for that and give it a listen. If you're a blue person... Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine those, you know, you get those like figure hugging suits, like the, what do you call them? When morph you put, suits. Aye, the morph suits. I just imagine <laughs> somebody running about in a blue one. What for? Okay. <laughs> just generally for PlayStation. <laughs> you could wear that to play Xbox, like, Craig. You could be like, I'm a PlayStation. Yeah. Well, you'll get the figure for that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no offence. That's fucking terrible, that. <laughs> That I... shows every nook and cranny. <laughs> and you've got a few nook and crannies now. Aye. A few nice ones. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I've been completely mugged off to start this entire podcast. Mm-hmm. Almost feels like a, a, a predetermined attack. Like you thought this through. Nah. You getting you what I say? Nah. Nah? You mugging me off. <laughs> so how are we all? Alright. Just alright? Just alright. Jessica? Nothing exciting to report from me, I'm afraid. What's been happening? Any news? Anything happened in the last week? Don't think so. I think, see, because it was another bank holiday weekend over an hour show. Fuck the coronation, there we go, there's something to talk about. (laughs) But because of that, we were in the house more, so there's less... Not my king. there's There's less scope for causing... Damage, do you know what I mean? That's only you that causes damage out the house. We don't <laughs> we don't get ourselves into situations the way you do. That's the trouble. Situations arise. When you're there. When I'm around. Yeah. 
Did you get the day off or did you have to work? I had to work. Did you? Aye. Well, did you get the day off? Mm-hmm. Did you? No. Oh, don't get me wrong. I think they took a day off that we were supposed to have down the line and changed it for this day so that we were off. Fucking I don't think we're getting an extra day. Oh, I got an extra day, but was told to take it on that day. Oh, so I didn't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> see, like, I didn't see any of it apart outside of like little clips that were put on like Twitter and stuff like that. And there was uh, a few clips like sent to take the piss out of it, obviously, on uh, WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. There's, I have a hard time believing that even he was like, oh, I'm right looking forward to this. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, no, he's think, a narcissistic fox. I just... Narcissistic pedos. Yeah. Did That's you, true. Did you see the bit about the Vagina Camilla song? No. No. So This feels like it'd be right up my alley, what's happened? <laughs> so the, the lyrics of the song are Latin, and it's the phrase, Viva Regina Camilla. Right. Which means love, live, Queen Camilla. Right. But and they've it, obviously altered it. It very much sounded like when they were singing I love vagina, Camilla. That's what it sounds like. Would you like me to play? Go for it. Yeah. It definitely does. Oh my god, you can't unhear that. <laughs> you can't unhear it once you've heard it. <laughs> I like to think that whoever came up with the song was like, this will definitely, people will definitely misconstrue this. And that's exactly what we're looking for. To be fair, there is so many unheard lyrics out there. Do you know what I mean? There's so many songs that you think know the words to and then you realise what the actual lyrics are. You're like, oh, really? in the blank sometimes. That's funny. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're if you have any interest in the Royals, then nail no luck. But I would recommend Frankie Boyle's "Goodbye to the Monarch" oh, uh, Channel Four show. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Should you be forced to take in any royal content, I would say do that. It's quite eye opening. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. it's been and gone. It's it has done. thankfully right. mm-hmm. the the royal family does bring in money to the country as so much as they fucking thing, take. You know what I mean? But I just think the timing of it's no great mm. with, with the way yeah, cost of living crisis and the people ah, that exactly. literally can't just afford like spending so much money yeah. in a fucking golden chariot like carriage. Yeah, you've already got a fucking carriage. I'm sure it's top notch. Yeah, do you have to fucking get another one? No, probably not. The whole thing's a pile of shit. They need to get in the bin. <laughs> okay, moving on, Craig. Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, moving on. Fortnite. Now you can you can get yourself an Olympic gold medal. Hey, if, it, if there's one going, I'm for it. What do you mean? So the Olympics have started like an esports division. Oh my god! What is that? What was the what's the skinny on it, Jess? It's the International Olympic Committee. They have announced the Battle Royale game will be part of the Olympic Esports Week, which oh will be god. next month held in Singapore. Um, it's the new sport shooting section. <laughs> Yep, and there's a custom island being created inside Fortnite that's to be used in the tournament and 12 players from, I believe, the 2023 Fortnite Champion Series are invited to compete. So Jesus wept. There will be a gold medal winner of Fortnite, which is exciting. How would you think they're trained for that? 
playing Pouch. a lot of Fortnite. Like just eating as much Doritos as he can and drinking Aye. as much fizzy juice. Aye. <laughs> like there's a montage. It just um. No, pro- I mean, if they're esports competitors, they'll probably have like sponsorship deals with what? like you know sports there's, drinks. That... There's Fortnite. Mm, there's mm-hmm. Fortnite tournaments where you win over a million dollars for winning it. So oh, they'll insane. all they'll all be absolutely. I mean, like this will be. In terms of tournaments, this will be low on their priority list. Like, mm-hmm. a gold medal's cool, but a million dollars is much fucking yeah. better. Like, you don't get money for winning the Olympics. Imagine this. Imagine you come up now, like, because there's, like, 15-year-olds that are millionaires because of mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Imagine you were born in that time because you were always quite... Like, you always made websites and stuff like that. Mm. Like, you always done that. Yeah. Imagine you could have... Could have been something. You could have been something, but you're not now. I'm a man out of time. <laughs> Yeah. A man out of time. PewDiePie, who was the like, yeah, the big one. well, Mr. Beast, I think, like took over him. But PewDiePie, like, he like resurfaced on Twitch, I think, in the last week. Um, but now he's been taken down because I, I don't know if they think it was like a scam or if it was actually him. He's a I mad racist, though, is he not? Uh, well, he got banned from YouTube, but now he's, I think, mad. he's been banned. No, that's because he dressed up as a Nazi, but it was, and it's been taken out of context because I've just clipped that bit. Um. But it was a joke about. It's been taken out of context. Mm. And there there is quite a lot of different stuff with them, though, isn't there? I think so. I don't know. I don't really follow it, to be honest. But... Exactly. This is what happens. People just hear the headlines. And oh, I'm quite happy to... perpetuate. I am. <laughs> and I'm quite happy to be part of that. Nazi confirmed. Really? The disinformation? Aye. Nazi confirmed. And you're happy to be part of disinformation. That's good. Yeah. You're comforting. Okay, moving on. We got a write-in from Martin who said, I'm really concerned about these PS5 Pro rumours. In terms of timing, I think four years into a system's life and it's perfectly fine if the late 2024 release is true, but I just feel that because so much of this generation so far has been cross-gen, we haven't seen what the systems can do yet. What's your thoughts on that? It's weird, like it is... I suppose, like, I four, if it comes out late next year, four years, that kind of seems all right for, like, a mid-gen upgrade. Mm-hmm. But at the same point, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's been no, four I years. No, I was going to say, like, it, I mean, I think that's granted the thing. we're at, not even quite three just now, yeah. but, um, yeah, it does seem very soon. Aye, so uh, part of it is, obviously, we're talking about it just now and it's not going to come out for a year and a half, mm-hmm. so maybe by then it will feel all right, but... Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just because a lot of people spent that long trying to get the systems. Mm-hmm. Like, they never got them day one. So, yeah. And plus, I, like, up until very recently, like, all games were still coming to, like, PlayStation 4 and stuff like that. So, I think people are a little bit like, well, we're not getting the most out of these new systems yet. So, what's the, why are we then going to the next thing? Mm-hmm. I think the, the slight worry is that, see if they do bring out an updated console... Like, I don't think they will then put as much effort into the base consoles. Like, I know that... So there's a lot of talk that, like, the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X was the Xbox mm-hmm. upgraded one minute, that they didn't necessarily sell that much. So if that was the same this time around, then maybe they wouldn't. But I don't know. Like, everyone's wanting, like, 60 frames a second for every game. And if there's, like, a PlayStation 5 Pro, then... It's so easy for the devs then to go, I um we do have sixty frames, but it's only on the pro version, um, and it's just thirty on the normal version. Mm-hmm. Rather than going that extra mile and try to get like the better performance working on the base model. Right, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh, that concerns me. But and how much is the fucking thing gonna be? Mm-hmm. I mean these consoles are five hundred quid as it is. What's a pro console gonna be? Seven hundred. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of money. 
while everybody's fucking getting kicked out of a job. Mm-hmm. See how it goes. I mean, it's not been confirmed yet, so it will happen, but it's not been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's quickly take a look at what's coming out in the next week then. So if you are into building simulation games, then you have... Urbic City Builder, which comes out on May 10th on Xbox. It's already on Switch and PC. This looks pretty cool, by the way. Did you look at it? Yeah, I mean, obviously City Skylines kind of has the market yeah. filled for the kind of sim-like experience, I would say. But from what I understand, this takes a bit of a different route. Like, there's no money involved. Um, oh, really? And there's no, like, disasters or really even any, like random kind of elements that happen instead it's just like about using your resources carefully what's it called sorry mm. Arbeck City Builder City Builder I just saw a, I saw a trailer of it and it looks like Sim City yeah. or City Skylines but it's got like a kind of pixel art aesthetic mm. to it and it looked really cool mm. like just in terms of visuals I thought this looks really fun it's on this it came out on Switch last week and it came to PC I think it was like late last year and mm-hmm. then it's coming to xbox this week mm-hmm. i think i think yeah, it looks pretty cool I'm like i, I don't know enjoying it. yeah it does look cool i don't know in terms of like what you're saying like that seems a bit strange not having money and like maybe a different way of doing it but in terms of visuals i was like oh this looks really cool and the reviews on it uh from the um this the platforms that it's out on mm-hmm. it got really high reviews so right, that's there's the headline there our big city builder demands efficient use of natural resources, not money. More puzzle than management game. There you go, Andy. It's trying to be woke. You've got to fucking... <laughs> you've got to be self-sustainable. <laughs> in your city. <laughs> like, you want, you want a fucking... You want a bin lorry. Plant a tree. Plant a tree, you cunt. Plant a tree. But yeah, it does look good. So it right. does look good. might check it Um... So Ona Studios, an indie game developer, are releasing their first project called Death or Treat, which is a 2D hack and slash action roguelike game featuring an adorable little ghost called Scary, who owns a candy shop named Ghostmart. Um, the plot involves Scary taking on the large evil corporation Facebook, no K on the end, mm. see what they did there, and its subsidiaries, um, which are stealing from customers and the, and the small business of Hallowtown. Um, Craig has streamed some gameplay last week on Twitch, so go follow us there if you don't already. Would you like to share your thoughts on this game? It's really cool. Mm. I really like it. It's it, they've obviously like they've leaned right into the sort of social media stuff. So you've got like Facebook, uh, Rip Talk, <laughs> um, and a couple others. Like yeah, so it's described as Ori meets Hollow Knight crossed with a Nightmare Before Christmas. Like that's how they've sort of okay. pitched it. Yeah, yeah. And it's really fun. Yeah, 2D, hack and slash. It's a roguelite, so each time you die, like every time you kill someone, you get little candies off them that look like little skulls, and you use that to then upgrade, buy new weapons, buy new um, health upgrades, stuff like that. So you are going to die, but each time you die, you can come back stronger. Um, the first boss, the boss at the end of the first world, I was nearly pulling what left of my hair I had out like those three and instead you pulled your nine year old son in to help you is that what happened he couldn't even get to the boss oh, you know no. <laughs> there was a conversation though with you I, oh I, I was struggling to boss and it was like <laughs> it, it was very kind of cup and I was like Nathan 
come on over here and do this for me. <laughs> but he could, for some reason, I don't know why, if he'd spent more time with it, I'm sure he'd have been able to. But he couldn't even get to the boss. And so he ended up going out and playing with his friends. And uh, I kept going. And I did manage to beat it eventually. But my God, like, so there's three stages of it. First stage, you've got to, there's like three levers in front of you and the boss is just firing projectiles at you. And each time it's different, but you've got to hit the three levels in the right order. Mm-hmm. So you hit one, and if it stays green, that's the right first one. Yeah. Then you go, if you hit the wrong one, it'll all go red again. And so you've got to do this three times. First time, easy enough. Second time, relatively easy. Third time, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. man, there's just shit flying everywhere at you. And you've got to be dodging it at the same time as trying to hit these levels and attack the boss. And um, if you get hit twice... Like, and you can get hit in really quick succession, then it's you're just bang, back to the beginning. So eventually I did do it uh, into the second world, pushing on, died, and I thought to myself, surely I'll be able to start from the beginning of world two. Nah, right back to the fucking beginning. <laughs> and I was nearly for just having a fucking absolute flake out and throwing it away. But I did realise that. So it's really cool how they structure it, where there's loads of like random dropped resources you get off enemies, and certain ones you only get off bosses. And so there is ways that you can save up resources and then open up portals so that you can start at the beginning of the second world or the mm. third world and stuff like that. So I have now opened that up so I can start further on. And um, yeah, so far I'm really enjoying it. Like I'll, I'm going to stick the stream on YouTube as well. But I, it's not it's brilliant. It's yeah, really good. So I yeah, highly recommend it. It comes out May 11th on PlayStation, Xbox and PC. The Switch version's been confirmed, but it's not coming this week. I saw that there was an article saying Switch has been confirmed, but it's definitely not launching alongside the rest. Mm-hmm. You won't be getting a Switch version of Marvel Midnight Suns, though. Um, it comes out May 11th on the last gen. Yeah, this came to PlayStation 5 and Xbox in December. Yeah, so it's 2K's delayed last-gen release of Marvel's Midnight Sun for PS4 and Xbox One. They're finally seeing the light of day next week, releasing digitally on both platforms on May the 11th. And the release also coincides with the fourth and final piece of post-launch DLC for the game, which brings Storm into the mix as a recruitable hero with new story missions, new Abbey content, and new skins and outfits, what everyone wants. Yeah. This is meant to be really good, but it apparently sold about six copies. Like, it's like a real-time strategy game. It's not for me. Like, I mean, it's real-time strategy and it's superheroes, so I'm double out. But um, <laughs> all the reviews said it was really good, but then it just it didn't sell particularly well. I don't think coming out in December helps either, right? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. One that does look good, but then it's got that big fat co-op word in it is filthy animals heist simulator so this comes out on may 11th on playstation xbox and pc so it's kind of like a madcap multiplayer co-op game where you're these sort of mutant animals and you take on a series of increasingly tricky heists so i think you're like robbing stores and then robbing banks and more things yeah but they're like Wibbly wobbly animals. Yeah, so I know you've not played it, but see, like Fall Guys. Have you seen Fall Guys in action? Yeah. Where it's like, it's basically like Takeshi's Castle, but mm-hmm. they're like fucking inflatable tube men. They're like bobbling all over yeah, the place yeah. and you can get fired about. So it's basically like that, except you're trying to do a heist. So you're, you're trying to, there's like one to four players, you're trying to do a heist and. Like every two seconds, you're like banging into stuff, knocking uh-huh. stuff over. You can like, like if if a guy, if one of your uh, 
any, I saw in the trailer if one of your uh, pals get killed you can like flush them down the toilet so that they don't get caught <laughs> like stuff like it looks really cool like if I was going to play a co-op game yeah, this it actually look looks really fucking fun but it's still a co-op game mm. and so part of me wants to check it out and then part of me just wants to not give them the satisfaction of trying a co-op game mm-hmm. <laughs> we can maybe get a go and report back we'll maybe see. we'll see single player for life but yeah <laughs> Walk about mini golf. We did cooperatively play that, Craig. Uh, we were against each other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, walk about mini golf comes to PlayStation VR 2 on May 11th, bringing all the best aspects of the mini golf experience to a fantastic virtual world bound by realistic physics. And it's a hole in one, I would say, Craig. I fucking love this <laughs> game. It's my favourite VR game ever. Like, I've been playing it for two years uh, on the Quest 2. And now we've got an early code for the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation VR two, and it's just fucking brilliant. It's so good, like yeah. And- so that there's me and Craig played, and there's some a couple of videos on YouTube if you want to get an idea of the game. Um, you can play it alone or with up to eight people, and it is crossplay. So as you mentioned, you were on the mm. uh, you were on the PSVR two, and I was on the Quest, so we could play it obviously together in the same house in different rooms. But yeah, Jess had to go through <laughs> to the kitchen, otherwise we'd have walked into each other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't um, wait to play it. You can't get me off the golf course. <laughs> it's really fun. Oh no, you'd like this, yeah. Andy. It's um, it's crazy golf. Like it's. Mm. there's 16 courses across like two difficulties and then obviously 18 holes for each course so you can yeah. lose yourself there's like rounds based on like labyrinth on like a bunch of different there's one that's the a candy bit, one was really yeah cool. there's it's really fucking cool and the physics are absolutely perfect like when we're talking about the gold medal stuff with Fortnite, there was a couple other um games as well that were included in that and one of them was like 11 table tennis which is a vr game mm-hmm. now that game is decent it's nowhere near this like this if, if you're gonna look for something to put in a fucking olympic <laughs> event like something like that <laughs> would be way better i'd be well on board for that mm. but yeah no the, it's just the game's absolutely brilliant it really is and see having trophies for it now as well obviously that's really oh, that's yeah. really tickled my pickle yeah. uh I do plan to get the platinum. It's quite difficult. Those you like, I mean, with most courses, there's one or two holes where you need to, you need to get a bit lucky. Almost like a lot of the the holes are relatively easy, but then there'll be one or two where it's like you've got to smash across like a fucking cavern or something like that and hope it doesn't bounce out of play. Yeah. So there's always a hole or two that you can just absolutely ruin you. Um, but one of the trophies is you've got to finish 18 under par which is hard mm. and then there's one as well where you've got to get at least par on so each of the courses when you finish it under par you then unlock a hard mode which has got the hole in a different place and is much more difficult and you've got to finish under par on 8 out of the 16 uh, hard courses as well so that'll keep me busy Yes. but we should have more videos of that coming soon yes cool and finally, most anticipated this week is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on Nintendo Switch. You're a bit excited about this one? Yeah. I've gone from like not being a Zelda fan to can't wait for this. Are you still playing the other one? Finished it. You finished it? Well, one? finished. But I, the main story? Yeah. <laughs> um, How did you find it? Loved it. Great. Mm. Can't believe I haven't picked it up sooner. I think that's mm. the, the annoying thing and I, I kind of mentioned this before, like... 
I, I would have invested a lot more time in it had this one not been yeah, on yeah. the horizon. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, bore myself with it. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this. Obviously, it's... I expect it to be more of the same with some cool new features. Um, yeah. From what we've seen, I think that pretty much is the case. You know, there'll, there'll be a new story, but it, it's the exploration. It's the the just finding out new things, touching things, climbing things, seeing what you can do that I think is yeah. the real intrigue and like what I probably got the most enjoyment out of the of the previous. So, yeah, looking forward to it. There's going to be a fight in our house though because we've only got I've, I've bought my version. But I think we could. We should. We should have a code and a box version coming. Yeah, let's hope so. But now I'm a little bit intrigued. <laughs> let's hope so. Now I'm a little bit intrigued, and the problem is we've only got two switches. Yeah. So if you do want to go ahead with that limited edition Zelda switch, only two, only two switches, folks. Of the 125 million units sold as of March 23, we've got two. Only two. <laughs> there you go. I saw it in the Discord that Punk had went and. Bought the Zelda oh, one. Oh, has he? Aye. It looks so. They've made one. like a special Zelda Switch and it looks Ooh, fucking awesome. So jealous. I want it looks one. really Well, get me one. I'll play it on I it. I don't have £300. <laughs> I'll lend you. I'll lend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of Switch as well, they, they've kind of came out with more milestones. Obviously, they, they released their Switch sales, um, like console sales, but they've now said that the like software has now surpassed £1 billion. Um, so that's a lot of games. It's a lot of copies of Mario Kart. It's a lot. That's and actually Animal Cross. Mario Kart eats fifty three million. Oh. You say that like that's not a lot. Fucking hell, that's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. That fifty three million that's copies mental. of a game. Yeah, Animal Crossing is forty two. That's nuts and all. Yeah. Nintendo exclusives sell my- mental amounts. What sell that? Does it have Breath of the Wild? It doesn't. It's not in my top eight that I've got here in my fridge. 50 million, man. I suppose the thing is, though, see if you're buying a Switch and you're like, right, if I've, I'm going to get three games, what three games would I get? Most people would recommend you Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Ah, exactly. So, does, I mean, it's, it's not that it doesn't make sense, but... It's what all the advertisements is that as well, isn't it? Mm. It's all Mario, Zelda and fucking Animal Crossing. It's just nuts the fact that these games never go on sale. So all these people are pretty much buying them. But they don't need to, obviously. I know, but I'm like, like, see, like, I don't know. Like, see when they say, oh, Uncharted has sold 20 million. I'm not sure how much Uncharted sold, but you know what I mean? Like, they say Uncharted sold 20 million. Like, sometimes Uncharted's on sale for Mm 9 99 or $7.99. Whereas, like, I would bet that Mario Kart's not been below 40 quid. Yeah. No, wait, I bet that the reason I don't know is because they're probably a still a steady like buying, like, like people are still buying it steadily mm-hmm. and they'll probably wait till it starts decreasing then go, right, no fucking do mm-hmm. it. Most most weeks, if you look at the top 10 box sales in the UK, Mario Kart 8 is still in the top 10 almost yeah, every go. single week. And it came out initially on the Wii U yeah, about seven or eight years ago. Just let a new generation of kids will come up and buy a plate though. That's Aye. the thing. But it's when like... are we going to get a new new generation of console from yeah. a Nintendo? Yeah. Yeah. Never. Well, as soon as folks stop fucking buying this one, <laughs> says, the, that... says the guy that was two minutes ago, what a Zelda <laughs> Switch. <laughs> okay. Fucking buys the Royal Family. <laughs> Part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, so that's your, your big hitters this week. Um, we also have a deal of the week, Craig. Yeah, I couldn't really see too much, but sticking with the Switch that we've been giving a bit of love to recently, 
Uh, super hot is fifty percent off. It's nine ninety nine just now on super the eShop, and it's I fucking love that game. It's so cool. It's such a novel idea. I really wish they would. Like, don't be wrong. I quite like the graphics in Super Hot. They are very minimalist, but it's cool. It's it's a unique art style. I would love if they did it with like realistic visuals, though, because it's just mm. the idea of time only moves when you move. Mm. Um, it's such a cool combat concept. Yeah. Like, it's just it's it's where if you haven't had played Super Hot, I know a lot of people will have, but if you haven't, it's well worth checking out. So go get it. Okay, from Nintendo to Xbox. Yeah, so Xbox has officially confirmed a summer game showcase for June 11th. The event will be live streamed at 6pm UK time and will feature, quote, some new surprises and first looks. So we're expecting to see plenty of reveals for upcoming Xbox, PC and Game Pass titles. This is a double feature though, so if you do stick around after the first showcase, there will be a... That biker's needing stabbed. Is that him? Is that your neighbour? That's no. It's just it's just a guy that thinks he's fucking tough. Mm. Yeah. So I don't even know what it was now. So this is a double feature, and if you stick around after the first showcase, there will be a deep dive into the forthcoming sci-fi epic Starfield. Um, the officially named Starfield Direct. How did they get away with that with Nintendo? It promises tons of new gameplay, developer interviews, and behind-the-scenes insider information. We're also going to be doing a live post-show following the events to discuss and share your thoughts to make sure you are around for that as well. What are our thoughts on this? What are we going to see? Xbox is having some time of it. They are. It's not great. So I don't know if you, how, how much you saw this, but uh, Redfall came out last week and it was mm. in some fucking state. What was it? Oh my God. Bugs galore. Oh really? Aye. Like stuff not... I mean, we got it... So we got a code through four days before launch mm-hmm. and it's always like we've, we've spoke about this before but like about how like years ago like bugs would be very specific things like and you could be like oh i had this bug and if you went to the same place you'd probably get the same bug but yeah. now it's now because there's so many moving things like it's, so very, it's, things I, that can it's very rare or not very rare, but it can be rare for people to get the same bug at the same place. Yeah. Like, games break in many different ways. And so I was playing before launch, and I walk up, and there's some vampires, and they just are statues in the world. They're not reacting at all. They don't... You can't attack them. They're just literally there. You can walk through them. It's as if they're not there. Then there's vampires stuck in the floor trying See, to get that, at you, but they're like that's the glitches. It's usually anti. That's what's called anti liaison, isn't it? Yeah. Where they're trying to like where the character sticks to the floor or like doesn't go through a wall, and it's usually glitches like that you get in it. Yeah. So like this in this case, it was he was up to his waist, I think, and stuck in the floor. Yeah. Then there's just bits where there's like textures that are like really really low res. Like really know, low res, but then see, I so see if you stand there. Like there was a very specific one where, in the so your base is like a fire station, and there's right. like a big uh, mat when you go in that says Redfall on it, and you're standing there, and it honestly looks like a 1996 fucking paint shop pro like too fucking it's awful. It just looks so bloody, so out of focus, and if you stand there for like. 30 seconds it eventually loads in have they said anything oh they're getting slated 
absolutely yeah so so phil spencer went on the kind of funny x cast um and it was already like so it was like a, a kind of video podcast that they did that um was already scheduled but right. obviously all this just came out that week yeah, that yeah. also the microsoft and activision stuff all came out that week mm-hmm. as well but phil spencer to his credit still went on this show and yeah he kind of owned quite a lot of it like he when they were talking about Redfall, like he said, he, talk, he spoke about how obviously, as quite frequently happens, they do like mock reviews and they expected it to be like double digits higher, I think is yeah, what yeah. he said. And you're like, how? <laughs> like, Aye. you know, what would they? I mean, granted, I think <laughs> if you're mock reviewing something super early, like you're going to go, right, well, there's bugs that we know will be ironed out. And I think, I suppose that's the, they weren't, is the issue. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he did say like, they were, you know, disappointed, obviously, but... Was there a bones of a good game there? I think I, I think I like it slightly more than other people. Like, the actual, like, some of the reviews just completely tore it to bits and said there was no redeeming features on it. I quite like the exploration. Like, what, it's, is, it, is it like a online only? No, no. So it's you can play it yourself or you can play it with up to four people. Right. Um, and... Essentially, is it a lot left or dead? A little bit, but there is a bit more of a story to it. You go out and you get resources. You do story missions. The story isn't particularly great, which you would expect it to be better, given it's an arcane game. Yeah, see, you would just—I mean, Arcane's one of my favourite developers. Like, I fucking love Dishonored. I love Deathloop. Like, I just—they make really good games. I wasn't a massive fan of Prey, but still a highly regarded Ooh. game. Like. Really? <laughs> it's just not as much my thing compared oh. to the stuff they usually do. But again, folk love that. And this is the same... I love that more than those other yeah. games. Well, this is the team... They, so they split into two teams and this is the team that made Prey. And oh, it's Prey just... fucking amazing. I, honestly, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, but I think maybe... I mean, you know, they have... Kind of Phil Spencer kind of said, you know, like they were quite hands off with it. And I think that's maybe partly because of their reputation. They know what they've produced before and expected them to deliver... The and same you trust standard, them. You trust them to yeah, make a good yeah. Game. But like the whole sexy FPS thing, like came to like way too late in the development process yeah. for them to, you know what I mean? So that's how hands off they were. They didn't know that till mm-hmm. but the recently. Same, but at the same point, like Phil Spencer was saying in an interview, he's like, "We need to be better about this. We need to be more transparent. Like we shouldn't be showing gameplay at sixty frames a second when we know it's not going to launch like that." Mm-hmm. So he basically admitted that they went and showed yeah. footage that wasn't fucking yeah. representative of the game. Yeah. And like I, I get like don't get me wrong. If it was if it was me, if I was Phil Spencer, I would have, I would have faith in Arcane to make a good game. Aye. But we've talked about this before. Like I think he's just too hands off in general mm. at this point. Like too trusting. I think so. I I mean it's taken Xbox. It's taken every every studio. I mean where the fuck is Hellblade? Like how long has that been? Like if oh, I was aye. him, he's got to go in Ninja Theory and go, hurry the fuck up. Like, it seems as if he's just two hands off and he's just walking about going, ah, whenever it's ready, lads, to have all the teams. And you're like, no, another you've year. got no fucking another games. Year. Hurry another up. Another year. That'll be about 20 million. I need bother. I think, though, you know, from us, the gamer point of view, surely this coming to light and this all happening has or will make them refine some of their processes and make them more hands-on and make sure they're on top of what's going on. Yeah, I mean that. You, can, you know, that. You surely can't, you can't keep on bringing games out of that. It's going to destroy your reputation. Exactly, that they've hit such a low that I think they can only improve from yeah. here. I would think so, yeah. But 
I mean, they're running out of chances with people. Like, folk are really pissed off about this. Uh, you can only have so much patience and be mm. waiting for so long for games that you said you're going to deliver that are just not delivered. Like, that's the thing. We, we talk about, like, Xbox and see, like, the amount of games that they've announced far too many games far too early. But if you look at what they've got in the pipeline that we know of, there's so many potentially really cool games coming. But when a game comes out like this that people were excited for and it shits the bed, yeah. then you go... Fuck. Oh my god. Like folk now are absolutely fucking shiting themselves about Starfield. Like everybody see about two months ago everybody was like, ah, game of the year, game of the year. And everyone like that's now like, oh fuck. What if it's shite? What mm. if it's what if it's another one? And Bethesda aren't exactly the, you know, bug free. No. <laughs> like, do you know what? No. I mean? They love a bug at launch. And this game's fake anyway. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean it's not even a real game. Like, I mean, when that comes to light, that's gonna be a black mark. That's gonna yeah. be a but I think you're right. People are so sick of showing, not telling, sick of old, like CGI trailers. Like this, mm-hmm. you know, last year they did their 12 month roadmap. It's not landed. Um, so, how do they produce this showcase now and deliver with promise that it's coming? Yeah. And, you know, I think until you've got that controller in your hand, you know, I think that, that fact, that's one of the things he said. I'm sure like we can show you the world, but until you've got a controller in your hand, like, have we done our job? Well, it's but your job, Phil, <laughs> is to get the games to a point where they're in our fucking hand. Yeah, yeah. Like you can say that, but I mean, if I was to fucking take a flight right now and turn up at Bethesda's door and be like, "I want the controller in my hand," they'd be like, "Fuck off, wee man." Mm-hmm. Do you know? What? <laughs> like he needs the games need to come out. Like, see if Starfield gets delayed. They can't. They can't. But I mean, if well, if they launch Starfield in a terrible state, well, like yeah. it's it's interesting. Like folk with Redfall they've went from this is the year because Redfall has failed it's went from this is the year at Xbox to this is a complete disaster of a year for Xbox but they do potentially still have a banger on Starfield Forza if it comes out is mm-hmm. a guaranteed hit yeah. like I mean we're not that big in racing games but I mean oh, I don't know the beginning of me as well for fuck's sake aye like, we, we, don't, we don't know I mean potentially Hellblade could be this year like what I would say is before writing Xbox off, like it looks like Sony's big AAA game this year is going to be Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Now that is almost certainly going to be a fucking great game. Mm-hmm. But you know what you're getting with it, I think. Mm-hmm. You're getting a sequel to the game you played. Yeah. And the game you played was fucking brilliant and I think this is going to be brilliant. But it's got probably a range, like if you're talking Metacritic, like 85 to like 91 probably. Because it's going to be probably better in every way. But still same. quite familiar. Aye, mm-hmm. same. Aye. Whereas Starfield has, I think it's got like a wider scope. Like if they really nail it, it's got a higher ceiling, I think, than Spider-Man 2. But it's got so much scope to go wrong as well and be oh, much aye. lower. Like aye. I'm much more excited for Spider-Man, even though I'm not like a massive superhero guy. Like the first game was brilliant. And aye, Miles Morales was brilliant. Different. They're trying, mm-hmm. they're like trying. Yeah. Was Spider Man's more a safe game? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, it's it's it shouldn't be all doom and gloom for Xbox. They've still got a lot of stuff, and then for next year and stuff like that and beyond, if they get their shit together, they've still got a lot of fucking stuff. But they need to start delivering. Mm. I feel like I want every platform to succeed, and like I said this on Twitter recently. Like, see people that are like, I don't know try to dance on like xbox's grave or whenever sony fuck up they're trying to dance on sony's grave and stuff like that like you've got to be a fucking idiot see if you like gaming see even if you're only into one platform 
you should want the other platform to do well. Because if one, like just now, Sony's quite far ahead. If Microsoft keep fucking up, Sony will be like, we're winning anyway. Mm. And they won't push themselves to get better and to like push boundaries. Whereas if they've got Xbox nipping at their heels, like PlayStation were at their best coming out of the PlayStation 3 generation when they knew they had to fucking up their game. And th- that's what you want. Ah, exactly. Similar. But there's so many people that yeah. just want folk to fail. I don't get it. I just I don't see the benefit in no, it at all. I agree. But like you say, like times have changed as well because obviously we are so much more digitally oriented. Um and that like I don't know, by this point you are invested in a platform largely. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so to up ship and move to another one for a lot of players is it's difficult. Yeah, um, it's a you know a investment that yeah. you're gonna have to. Yeah, folk are loyal, aren't they? Um, as well. But it's interesting. Like I don't know. So people are now turning around saying this Xbox showcase is proper make or break. I've heard that. For, I've heard so. that for the last seven years. Like every year, it's like right. Xbox hasn't had a lot of big games this year but uh, this probably is, PlayStation th- folk perpetuating that this yeah. this Headline. next one's got to be the big one uh, and now it's fucking happening again this one's got to be the big one mm-hmm. it fucking better be because they need to fucking bring it this time mm-hmm. they need to bring it like that fucking sh- that showcase last year I thought was pretty good but then half the fucking everything next 12 months next 12 months and then half the games aren't they coming out within yeah. the 12 month period you can't do that again yeah I, th- I mean yeah, I, I, my hope, and I, I think they will have learned from their last showcase, just what you've just said there, that, you know, the issues they've, they've faced. Like, I think they are aware, they do know what the Xbox community are saying, and I think... But it's one thing to be aware. But then if you don't have the games to actually deliver them, Aye, yeah. But if these, <laughs> if, if these games are still behind schedule, then what can you really do? And like, they could show you like something for Fable, but go, ah, oh, 24, 25, and you're like, okay, like, like, what use is that? <laughs> Fable's yeah. apparently been in development for like five or six years. Mm-hmm. Like, you can want to change things all you want, but if it turns out that fucking Fable's still three years away, folk are going to be fuming, mm-hmm. and there's nothing they can do about that at this stage. Yeah. Like that Indiana Jones game, that's machine games that make Wolfenstein. I love those games. Them making a Indiana Jones game sounds fucking awesome, but where the fuck is it? Like, Perfect Dark, where is it? Hellblade, where is it? Like, Avowed, where is it? Like, these games... The problem Phil Spencer's got is that if they're not making good progress and like getting close to being ready then he can't just magic them out his arse but it, the problem is that two years ago he should have been putting more pressure on them and been like right what do you need to get this ready sooner because see with the amount of money microsoft's got I you'd know, be like they've... do you need more developers because we've got enough money for that mm. do you need what What do you need to get this game ready sooner yeah. instead of trying to buy fucking call of duty for six to eight billion <laughs> But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to monitor it and hopefully everything turns out swimmingly. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a look at the games we have been playing this week. Who wants to go first? I'll go first before I forget. I <laughs> 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 enjoyed that. Played Somerville. Oh, ah, yes, have you yes. finished it? I had to, no, because it fucking had a bug. Oh, a game-breaking no. bug. Oh, 
fucking so, Xbox. I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> I was pretty pissed off. They were. I was actually enjoying it. I think I would have completed it because it was only like a four-year game. Ah, uh, it's quite I short. Was about halfway through, and it was really quite cool. Actually, some of the puzzles were quite cool. Mm-hmm. I was like stuck at them for a wee bit, and uh, and then I got to this puzzle, and I was like, "Am I doing the right thing here? It seems like there's only one way to do this." And then I I done it for like half an hour, and I gave in, and I looked up a video, and it was showed me the exact thing I was doing, but it just wasn't working in my game. Oh, and I reset no. it and reset it and reset it and then even went back further and then played and it just didn't happen so mm. I was like oh well, fuck you then I'm going to sit here for years and do that so that was disappointing and then I played fuck Serious Sam Serious Sam? it's a first it's like a fucking proper feels like a proper old school shooter right you know like you know how like old school Quake mm. like not Quake new like Quake back when it was on right, like Atari or something yeah. like that like you know how that kind of very rigid like there's no lock on with the shooting and stuff like that right like Doom on the SNES or something ah it was very much like that it's weird it's very weird so I played mm-hmm. that for like half an hour and I went oh no you're alright that's a shit I could think to sample but that's about it pretty much aye um, <laughs> but I did play something else and then deleted it, but I can't have a life me think of what it was. Cool. Yourself, Jess? I've not really played too much because obviously I'm waiting on Zelda and I didn't really want to start anything new in the last week that was meaty, so I, I have not. Um, but what I did try was Disney Speedstorm. Now, I shat all over this the other week because it's this free-to-play but not early access. You have to pay for it nonsense that... Mm. Seems silly, but mm. it's actually quite fun. So on PlayStation Plus, if you is it the top tier or all? Yeah, yeah, it has to be the top tier. Top tier of that, you can get a two-hour free trial. Um, so I have used up my two hours and thoroughly enjoyed it. Not gonna lie, it's really fun. Um, I think I chance to play it, but when I came in, you were playing it, and the the track you were doing was like a Pirates of the Caribbean track. And it was really cool. There was loads going on. Yeah. Um, the, the tracks I've done so far are all dead cool. Obviously, they're all Disney inspired by the mm-hmm. characters that are there. So um, there's like a Hercules one that I've done, Pirates of the Caribbean. i trying to think what else there was now. Um, but yeah, the, uh, like a, there's like one that kind of goes back. It's like turns into black and white, which is quite cool. It's like mm. at the movies type thing. And then it goes into like black and white. It was really cool. Is it supposed to be like old style Disney animation or something? That one maybe kind of, right. yeah. Um, but what I really enjoy actually is the soundtrack. It's like dubstep versions of Disney songs. Right. Which is pretty cool. Um, you have to like really list like to hear it. That's um, to see what, what it is. Uh-huh, but I was like, oh, that is what that is. Um, but yeah, so I've been doing that. Um, I was reading up though that there's like an issue, well not an issue, but people have sort of said Mike Wazowski from Monsters Inc. I haven't pl- actually played as him yet. You know, like the little green eye thing. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, him. So he's like each character's got like their own special ability, but apparently his one is like I don't know too good, uh, and it's like disadvantaging. Mm, like right. so, um, because I think he can basically like teleport down the track, and then he gets a way bigger lead. 
Oh. So. Nah, I'm still going to have to balance that. Yeah, I think so. They said they're monitoring the situation. Because right. obviously it is early access. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My one gripe, and it will continue to be my gripe even when it becomes free to play and everything, is just the whole, uh, clearly what they're trying to do from the monetary point of view. Um uh. It's, having to play 15,000 races to unlock enough coins to unlock but any characters. it all seemed a bit oh, like I was just lost oh, I don't know I'm just guessing how many oh, but uh, like it, it just all seemed like it was overlapping like there was blue tokens there's yellow tokens season coins then oh, there's like God. season tickets and then there's universal box credits which seem like tokens but they're purple I'm like what the fuck is going on here there's too oh, much shit. of that shit I'm like I just want to race and get a score and a time and be happy with that kids will go crazy with their mum's credit card with that shit I fucking hate that shit yeah. and then I'm, some mum will pay like 40 quid to buy yellow tokens and it'll turn out it's purple tokens you need <laughs> and but if you trade the yellow tokens in you only get 50% off what you paid for them and the yellow tokens don't do anything like I get you need a progression system and obviously I won the who, ca- uh-huh, the who is that you want to get like a certain character and be at the top level yeah. of that character but I just I don't know I worry about the way they're going with it because I just think that it's going to put me off it's too complex yeah. remember and you had to grind in a game to yeah, get all the good stuff exactly exactly um, crazy I didn't fiddle about with difficulty options if there was any like I, I uh, you were playing against the AI weren't you yeah and I won every race so maybe and I, and I tried to go online but it wouldn't couldn't match me with anyone so good side <laughs> <laughs> good early access side there yeah. although when they're trying to charge fucking 30 quid for early access or something like that you, it's probably not going to be that populated yeah so promising that it's fun to play though yeah yeah it's actual racing part is good that's good then uh yeah the thing i've put the most time into this week is dead island 2 i've been trying to make i'm getting much further into it now uh, I've just not had that much time for gaming the last couple of weeks you called it the right been... thing so that's at least a step it's forward. a start isn't it it's a start <laughs> it's just I, I'm going to be repeating myself like I really like this game I'm so impressed with it I think I do think like low expectations going in probably was part of it but it's just it just works as intended I love the smaller maps I love like at first I wasn't showing the combat but once you get it like start upgrading stuff like that you you get a lot more sort of weight to it uh i like the enemy design i like the variation the enemies everything about it like it's just so vibrant and colorful i'm just really impressed really really impressed with it i uh, hope to have it finished by next week if i can get some more time in but um but yeah just I, I was playing it for about four or five hours yesterday i just can't put it down like when you it's one of these ones when you pick it up you just ah, you just lose hours to it um also Colour Pals after we talked about it last week mm. uh, as an easy platinum game and I said it might actually be quite fun it is cool it's quite fun yeah it is it's a 2D platformer and so you're a little kind of blob and you're a certain start as a certain colour but to get to your goal there will be parts of each level that are different colours and so you have to jump in a like There'll be areas in the world where you, if you jump into it, you then turn into whatever colour that is. Mm-hmm. And so you have to change colour to progress through. And so it, it, sometimes it requires a little bit of precision platform, but nothing too difficult. Um, and yeah, there's 30, 32 levels to get the platinum as well, which isn't too taxing. You can do it in 20 minutes, half an hour. If you get to be a rainbow at the end. You don't actually know. Mm-hmm. That is a missed opportunity don't know why they didn't do that because you do you do have many different colors that you go throughout your journey 
That's strange. But no, back last year when we had the shitty platinum section and then the pure dead platinum section, there was a lot of these games that weren't even games. They were just utter shite. And it was like Press X and it was... They just weren't games, you know what I mean? Remember mm. there was like Santa's Workshop and stuff like that. But the likes of East Asia Soft, what they seem to be doing is going and identifying like games on Steam or games on mobile that are actually really enjoyable to play and then just making sure that they are achievable Platinums mm. because they know people will pick them up. Mm. And so that's what they've done with this and I think they've done it really well. Um, so I'd recommend taking a look. It's only three ninety nine on PlayStation you get the PlayStation 4 and 5 stack and if you go on Xbox then you'll just get the one but um but yeah enjoyable uh like I said before played a lot of mini golf and death or treat and the only other thing was I tried to play the Street Fighter 6 demo and got very annoyed that it wouldn't let me granted <laughs> I only had about 20 minutes but <laughs> I just fucking wanted to load up like a fucking human versus ai fight and just have a shot of it and be like is this any good and would the bastard let you there was like three modes one was online and i'm like absolutely not the other one was like a tutorial thing and even when you went into it at first it was like by the way just to let you know this will take roughly seven minutes i'm like fucking hell it's only a tutorial and the other one was wanting me to create a character to go through some journey and that's fine if you're diving into the game and you're going to spend some time on it but I was just wanting to literally pick up and play and it would not let me so I'll maybe try and have a go of it properly before next week but I didn't manage it today and that's me okay thanks okay let's look at this week's news 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 I was believing the Bringing you the news that you're digging team. So, first up, according to the Mystic Meg of Gaming, Jeff Grubb, the long rumoured PlayStation showcase is happening, the quote, the week of the 25th of May. This is a bizarre sentence considering the 25th is a Thursday. What do we think? Is Jeff having a punt or is this legit? He does like a punt, mm-hmm. does Jeff? To be fair, he has subsequently came out and said he said the twi- the, he said the week commenced on the twenty fifth because he, he thought that would be the latest it would happen in the week or something, and he didn't want to suggest that it was a Sunday when it. I don't. I don't know. That seems strange because I don't know. Like so, the twenty fifth is a Thursday. Yeah, I mean, most PlayStation events happen on a Thursday, but then. A lot of these are smaller state of plays. Like, we obviously introduced this as being a state of play, but we don't know what they're going to call it. I think there's a chance they'll just call it PlayStation Show. Probably a high chance they'll just call it PlayStation Showcase. Mm. Um, and if it's a bigger sort of hour and a half type thing, which we expect, then maybe they would prefer to have it at the weekend. I don't know. Like, I sort of... PlayStation recently haven't given much notice when they're going to do a showcase, like a, a state of play style showcase. It's usually they announce it on the Tuesday and it happens on the Thursday. But I would sort of think they would maybe give a little bit more notice if it's going to be like a big, proper hour and a half, here's the next two or three years of PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't. They have been, been known recently to do whatever the fuck they want, so they could certainly do that. But... um. It, it lines up. I think they have to show something soon. 
and the rumour for ages has been May. So I either think Grubb knows something or it's taken a pretty educated guess. And I think they will announce something soon. Yeah. We'll probably report back next week with the confirmed date, no doubt. Yeah, probably listen to us right now and it's been confirmed yeah. because PlayStation don't fucking don't like us and just want to make us little mugs. Yeah, well, what is that? Are you mugging me off? <laughs> Concrete Genie Team Pixel Opus, which is first party developer, part of PlayStation Studios, has put out a tweet saying it's been closed down. So the post reads, Dear friends, our Pixel Opus adventure has come to an end. As we look to new futures, we wanted to say a heartfelt thank you to the millions of passionate players who have supported us and our mission to make beautiful, imaginative games with heart. We're so grateful. And in a statement to IGN, Sony confirmed Pixel Opus will be shuttered on the 2nd of June this year. So, yeah. It's a shame. I'd like... I wasn't as big a fan of Concrete Genie as some people, but it was a cool game. Mm-hmm. Like, it was really nice colour if we had to paint I the... played a wee bit of it as well. Yeah, you had to paint the world. Cool idea. Like, it's a studio that can't have cost much to run, and they make kind of, like, cool, arty games. Seems like a strange one to shut. Mm-hmm. Their last release was in 2019, so what have they been doing since then? There was So they had put out stuff saying they were hiring for a PlayStation 5 game. Uh, on, on, I'm sure they said it was on Unreal Engine 5. So there was a game in development. So you have to imagine that Sony maybe went along, saw the game and went, nah, this isn't it. Yeah. And that's why, because if it's, I don't know, if what they were building was that impressive, then they, they wouldn't get shut down. So, yeah, it's disappointing though. I don't like to see, I don't know, creative people losing their job. Maybe they'll get funneled into other studios well yeah one of the developers did tweet out saying i was only at pixel since january but it's been some of the most creatively fulfilling work of my career the talent at the studio really blew me away i'm grieving right now at the loss of a great team and a great project i hope we're all able to land on our feet preferably together so well, well that shows shows some hope then yeah i suppose um, the Double Dragon franchise is back after a six-year absence with Double Dragon Gaiden Rise of the Dragons, a 2D beat-em-up with visuals and gameplay not too dissimilar from Ubisoft's Scott Pilgrim vs. The World game. Developed by Secret Base, the studio behind Streets of Red, Devil's Dare Deluxe, Double Dragon Gaiden features co-op action gameplay infused with roguelike elements to deliver classically informed, highly replayable Double Dragon-style brawls with a new edge. Just thank fuck it's co-op, you know what I mean? Like, I was worried there for a wee bit that it would just be single player. Remember we used to play this? Yeah. The original. I've always... Like, I'm not even that big a beat-em-up fan, but I've always got a soft spot for Double Dragon because of... like And Streets of Rage. Yeah. That same kind of idea, that side-scrolling up and down kind of... Yeah. It, I find them just, I mean, I suppose a lot of people probably do, but I just find them very nostalgic Aye, from times yeah. when we were young and we would sit exactly. and play them. Like... As much as obviously me and you are team single player, like <laughs> I don't know, we did have a lot of fun playing that together. <laughs> it's kind of like an oxymoron, <laughs> team single player. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'll always be rooting for Double Dragon to do well based on that. And um, yeah, they, so in the trailer they showed off like a little bit of gameplay and stuff like that. And I thought it looked really cool. Yeah, it it's does. a really kind of cool pixel art style. Um, I'm I'm definitely interested in trying it out. Hopefully it's hopefully it's good. Mm-hmm. 
Next up, during a recent financial update from Warner Brothers Discovery, it was revealed that The Last of Us television series is averaging nearly 32 million cross-platform viewers per episode in the US alone. It's also reportedly the most watched show in the history of HBO Max in both Latin America and Europe. Decent numbers. Yeah. <laughs> you can see why. You can see why they're all in. Mm-hmm. So... I was at um, like a work thing last week and I was going back to my car and a colleague of mine was like, I take it you've watched The Last of Us. And I'm like, watch, don't even go. Because he saw my Pedro Pascal air freshener. And I was like, I'm not even going to get into this conversation. It's a game first. Don't even go. (laughs) Because clearly he's not played the game. Yeah. He's going to stop talking to you as if he knows everything about it. I know. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is that what they meant by that bit? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fuck okay off, thanks mate. for informing me. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. It's mad numbers. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't necessarily think that it's the most impressive numbers when they say that it's the most watched thing on HBO Max in Europe and Latin America because... I mean, certainly in Europe, HBO Max is not a big platform, so you'd fucking hope it would be. Mm. So, like, I don't know, the 32 million is a much more impressive number. Like, 32 million per episode on average, that's fucking nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people. Um, it's interesting as well, though, like I saw, I think it was last week, I don't know if we even brought it up or not, but there was a bit of confusion. So, Craig Mazin, the guy, one of the directors, him and Neil Druckmann, they'd done in, like, an interview... And they were saying that uh, The Last of Us Season 2 was months, not years away. And so people were like, oh, we're going to get Season 2 like later this year or something like that. No, they've not even filmed it. Well, that's the thing. What they meant was they were going to start filming it uh, later okay. this year. Yeah. So okay. it still is like late 2024, early 2025. Like, But a lot of people were like, oh, it's coming much sooner than we think. But no, that's they meant when they're going to film it. Yeah, because I looked it up the other day because I've I seen some sort of clickbaity article about Abby casting and I like... Clicked on it, obviously. No, I googled them separately. <laughs> um, but I still don't think they've, or certainly they've not officially announced who they've cast for Abby if they have or if that's still like mm. a TBC situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see who they go with. Mm. I think it will be. I could see it being one of those things where it, you maybe like I don't know the characters leaked on set before it's a case of yeah and they maybe. announce it almost. Maybe. I wouldn't be surprised if they were trying to keep it close to their vest and it leaks out. How do you keep something from leaking these days? It's so difficult. There's hard, fucking cameras everywhere. <laughs> like Unless you get folk to sit like everybody in the crew to sign like NDAs mm. and then hold them accountable. Most for of it. them do, to be fair. But yeah. but even then, see, with, with social media these days, there's so many people looking for clout yeah. that they're like, oh, I mean, I'm, like, I'm going to be the one. That, yeah, Redfall, yeah, for example, there was like a couple of people who published their reviews before embargo, and it was like, oh, oh oops, it was. Really? I thought it was oh, eight. P- I thought it was eight a.m., not eight p.m. And you're like, uh, yeah, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone stuck out a four out of ten review and they published it 12 hours early and then they left it up for 20 minutes and then went oh sorry I we weren't uh, we didn't realise uh, we got the embargo wrong like, did you fuck because then they were trending all day mm-hmm. clever mm-hmm. I mean you hope that publishers would keep the folk accountable though and be mm-hmm. like I will see next time see when Starfield comes out and you're desperate for that fuck off mm-hmm. <laughs> next up Leo and the publisher formerly known as Kosh, Kosh, 
Coke Media. Coke Media is restructuring, or as they put it, simplifying our publishing operations. This will result in subsidiary publisher Deep Silver and developers Prime Matter and Ravenscourt merging with the aim being to produce fewer titles at a higher quality. The move will result in layoffs, although a play play on representative told GamesIndustry.biz that it will likely only affect around five to six jobs in a company of more than 2,000. It's happening all over the place, isn't it? Like, it's not even just in games and stuff like that, but, like, I don't know, it's one of the sort of things that's happening out of the pandemic is that all these companies are trying to find ways to, like, streamline and get by with less people. Like, they've it's lost the biggest, profits. They're trying to maximise. Yeah. Like, if, I mean, sounds bad to say, but if it's only five or six jobs that are going to be lost, I feel sorry for those people, but it's a fucking damn sight less than when they were letting... 10,000 go at Microsoft and Twitter. granted bigger publishers and stuff like I, but I Twitter, like it's it's just happening everywhere. It's just a fact of life just mm. now, unfortunately. Same though. Speculation on social media suggests that Sony may have signed console exclusivity agreements, possibly times with Konami on a trio of titles, including Castlevania and Metal Gear Solid. Rumours have been swirling about some kind of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater revival for several years now and podcast host Nick Baker revived them last weekend after claiming that the classic could re-emerge at an upcoming PS showcase with some form of PS5 exclusivity attached. As is customary for Internet Insiders, Baker tempered the comments by stating his source is uncertain and it's worth noting nearly two years ago he was confident of an infamous comeback before developer Sucker Punch shot those stories back down. However, Windows Central editor Jess Corden was quick to jump on the speculation saying he'd heard similar about Metal Gear Solid exclusivity and in a follow-up tweet he added, just heard Sony landed a deal with Konami for Silent Hill Metal Gear and maybe even a new Castlevania. I mean, this Metal Gear 3 thing must be happening. We've, I mean, that was... We've been talking about that since back near the start of the podcast. Yeah. That was that was rumoured that they were making a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. Oh, it's an amazing game. I, find, I do find it strange that you wouldn't remake the first game first. It does seem strange that, like, if they just put out a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake. But, mm. I mean, I'm all for it. Like, a, a great game. Like, absolutely. Just, I mean, is Metal Gear Solid 3, like, the first chronologically... Yes, and it's the big story. Boss. It's big boss you play as. Ah, uh, maybe that would make sense then. Aye, technically it's a prequel. It's nineteen sixty-two. It's seven. Aye, so that maybe would, that maybe would make sense then. I mean, I I would love to see like a full remake of the first game. It's so fucking good. Aye. And it, like we like gameplay elements ahead of its time, like all the camouflage stuff. Mm. Like, mind you, had to like you were different areas and you would wear different camouflage to like. Oh, that is sort of shit. It was ahead of its time back then. Yeah, I de- I definitely think this is true. I, I, there's there's too many. Oh, there's, there's been too many leaks about it. It's oh, in, it. interesting that obviously these people are just appearing out of, out of nowhere. Like I've never even heard of Nick Baker, but um, it's like one of these like collect ten crisp packets and become a games journalist. <laughs> just just to get my father Ted reference in. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, with Jess Corden, when he put out that tweet saying uh, 
He says, I just heard that Sony landed a deal with Konami for Silent Hill, Metal Gear Solid, and maybe even Castlevania. Like, that fucking... They announced that they would exclusivity in Silent Hill about five months ago. Way to be fucking up-to-date, Jez. But I, I mean, this is all tying into a showcase that seems like it's probably coming. Next up, Final Fantasy 16 will not be released in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia with the nation's official rating board, the General Commission for Audiovisual Media, refusing the eagerly anticipated title classification. Apparently this was due to publisher Square Enix's refusal to modify content for the region. Final Fantasy 16 is the first game in the long-running mainline series to be rated M for Mature in the US and Peggy 18 Plus in Europe but we don't know what the specific issue in question is. Good on them not changing it. Like, we are talking about free speech and stuff like that earlier. Like, if, if a game's got a certain vision, like, to me, they should stick by it. Mm-hmm. Unless there's something deeply offensive, then, like, I know there's, things are a lot more... I don't know, reserved in Saudi Arabia, like you're not allowed, like they certainly do not have free speech over there, so you can see games like this, there's been multiple games, like not not rated over there, but obviously this is a huge release, and it's one that, I mean, you, you, they'll be able to import it, like PlayStation's a region free, you can import stuff, but I don't know, I, I think at certain times you would see developers maybe like make concessions to get these games in other countries and like i'd commend them for just going no and again we don't know what the reason is but i had heard that possibly it was like one of the characters in it is gay and that's it done being gay is illegal in saudi arabia Mm. so it's it's possible that that's the reason and if that's the reason then fuck off like (laughs) i mean just fucking and obviously in that situation Square Enix would just be like well we're not fucking changing the story of the game for you lot like people should have the right to, to turn around and like they do should. I do it's I, I do I do <laughs> but I mean, people should have the right to go do I want to consume this content and hopefully we can get there there's but until no, then there's another way it works over there and it never will until then, if you're in Saudi Arabia, I'm afraid you're going to have to import this and hopefully not get caught in the process. Yeah, the Starfield rating, I think, he, like, came out as well as an M. Oh. It's got some... The F word and <gasps> bullshit will appear. Oh, my God. The F word. So, Fudge. Yeah, so... You can get away with that in this podcast. Just FYI for that one when it comes out. So, possibly Guerrilla Games is set to reveal a new studio. The company spokesperson has been invited to deliver the keynote address at the Develop Brighton conference, where game developers converge to exchange knowledge. The event will host esteemed speakers from PlayStation Studios, Sumo Digital, Housemark, Dambuster Studios, and more. The talk, titled Guerrilla to New Horizons, will feature the company's leadership who will shed light on the team's future plans and challenges they encountered while creating Forbidden West. Um, although there may not be any concrete game announcements, industry enthusiasts and those interested in the art of producing AAA games will find the talk highly informative. Do you have any thoughts on the future of Guerrilla Games? I just hope whatever this is isn't another Horizon game. Like, well, obviously we're getting Horizon 3 and all the multiplayer games and stuff like that, but I don't know. 
there's enough Horizon games in the, on the horizon. Yeah. So let's make something different. Hopefully they've. I would like to see a new IP. Hopefully it's that. Like they're not. Go- are they going to announce it at this though? I don't think they'll announce it. They might. I don't know. I suppose they could show some concept art or something like mm. that, maybe. But um, I think they'll just sort of show like, oh, we've got a new studio that's going to be working on a AAA product or something like that. Mm. And I think it'll be further down the line, I would assume. But yeah. again, we'll see soon enough. We shall see. Um, also, seems like Titanfall director is cooking up something new. So, having directed the outstanding first person shooter franchise Titanfall at Respawn Entertainment. Steve Fukuda is now heading a small team of developers within the studio to work on a fresh IP. Team has been instructed to, quote, discover the enjoyment in something novel, according to Respawn's director, Vince Zampella, who revealed the news in an interview with Axios. Axios. Yeah... It's not going to be Titanfall-related because apparently there was a Titanfall single-player game getting made, but then they cancelled it like late last year or early this year. So it's probably going to be something new, I would guess. Because folk were really excited wanting a new Titanfall game. Mm. They were quite good. Yeah, I never... I, it, good. That's what I've always heard. And I heard the story actually was really good in the yeah, second one. But... um wasn't really my thing so it wasn't it wasn't something i played but i've always heard really good things about it um so yeah hopefully whatever it is they make is pretty cool they can always continue the titanfall stuff on in uh, apex legends yeah um finally just forgot to mention as well about street fighter 6 when you were talking about playing it um their playstation tweeted out that there's an open beta taking place between the 19th and 21st of may um, featuring eight characters and multiple modes, so you can go check that out if you want. Are any of them just a fucking exhibition mode uh, where I can just play the fucking game? No, no. I hope so. <laughs> Fuck's sake, I was looking forward to it. <laughs> Who do you play as? Ryu, usually. Dalsum! What about yourself? Dalsum! Dalsum. He's like the Eddie of Dalsum! Street Fighter, isn't he? <laughs> fucking elastic prick. Yeah. Okay, that's all for this week's news. Time to review this week's movie, which was Tango and Cash from 1989. Prior to my time. Barely. Try to make yourself out to be dead young. You can still see it. (laughs) You can. So can I say barely? So yes, framed by their ruthless arch nemesis, a mismatch LAPD crime-fighting duo, Tango and Cash, has... To put its differences aside, to even the score with Evil Kingpin, who puts them behind bars once and for all. Starring Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester? Sylvester Stallone. Kurt Russell and Teddy Hatcher. All looking very young. Oh, she does look young, doesn't she? Kurt Russell looks very young. I didn't know yeah. who he was. And they, Kurt Russell? Like, well, obviously I'd heard of him, but like you said, oh, it's Kurt Russell. And I'm like, yeah, but who? What, what would I know him from? And you're like... The Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> Santa, the Christmas like, oh, Chronicles. Yeah, I can see it now. That was good. Aye. So, what do we think? I enjoyed it. It was very it's 90s good, action. It's good, slash 80s. Yeah. It's painfully 80s. Yes. Isn't it? And there's so, many, there's so many weird choices and things in it. Like, it's weird how, like, like Jack Palance, the main bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, my first thought was, like, at the start, like obviously well my first thought was when when Sylvester Sloan's doing that thing and he's chasing down that tanker mm-hmm. after he fucking 
catches it and he shoots a hole in it to discover it's with the shitty smally small gun. Yeah. We snowy snub nose eye. Then all of a sudden, the fucking main bad guy, the main guy, top poncho kingpin, drives past it. So what was he following the tanker? Is he that fucking hands on? The king, think about it. Uh, it's strange that he would be in the area. Sylvester so and all that are still standing. So it's obviously just after it's happened. They're still standing beside it, doing the wee report, obviously, and that telling what Sylvester Stone's telling what happened. And I chased it down the cracked my neck and I fucking shot it for a hundred miles away. Mm-hmm. Hey, hi boss, done well. And then the fucking main kingpin drives past the fucking tanker. Fucking tango and cash, cash and tango. You know what I mean? It's like that, I thought that was weird—the fact that he was obviously uh, following the tanker. Yeah. That was very strange. And then the fucking fact that he was instead of just killing them, he has come concoct this plan where he fucking uh, puts them in jail. Uh, it's so elaborate, isn't it? Aye, uh, but then even, even more elaborate is the fact that he came up with a fucking rap maze. To, to instill the metaphor. The rats were a weird inclusion. Yeah. yeah. I love the fact that he's potentially like went to the pet shop, bought these two rats, cared for them for, I mean, potentially a year just so that he could do this analogy. Exactly. As a character. <laughs> even more funny, Jack Palance, actually, that was the, it was his choice, you know, the guy who plays that. Aye. He, he wanted to do that. Right. He, went, he he bought and got the rat maze made oh, wow. and brought the brought the rats to the to the like the, the reading of the scene and they were like, Oh, I can't really say no news. Fucking <laughs> he's brought rats and he's fucking built a maze. This fucker's turned up he prepared. Was, he was fucking adamant that he was gonna do this scene with rats and he wanted to use that as a metaphor. Fucking hell, I didn't realise so, that. It's so fucking weird. I love that um it was near the beginning, uh, somebody turns around and goes, uh, they're talking about um Tango and all that. I think she's Rambo. That's, Aye. A, that's a nice wee insider. That was quite funny. That was good. Why, there's a thing I didn't understand. See when he's, he does that thing where he, he drives in front of the tanker and then he stops and he's going to shoot the the windscreen. Uh-huh. Why does he reload and then just seem to put the same like same type of bullets in? I didn't understand that. Is he putting like better bullets in or something? Did you notice that? He's got a wee snub yeah, nose with a six-shooter. Yeah, he empties them all, yeah. He empties them and they all fall on the ground and he takes another reloading thing out. It's maybe an armour-piercing bullet. Well, that's what I thought, but it didn't look any different to mm. symbolise that. Yeah, there was something about that was, like, copied from, like, I want to say a Jackie Chan film or something. Oh, like, it like was... a wee homage or something? I think so, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you made the comment near the beginning that Stallone sounded like Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. He sounds very weird, doesn't he? He's, he's Tim weird, Allen, isn't it? But he's got I... a weird like inflection. Mm-hmm. And the, the bit that made me really, there was a bit that he, what was it? He said his his boss comes up to him and says something, and then Stallone goes, "Is that a proposal?" Like something like that. Just mm. the way he talks, he's always like, "How did do? How did do, do?" Like that. It's really weird the way he talks in this film. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. Like, but see, to be fair, I was just more impressed that, like, I mean, almost every Stallone film you watch, he just sounds like he's like been hit five times in the head with a plank of wood. He's like, <laughs> ah, it's as if he's trying to sound more sophisticated in this film. It's he's like nobody taught him English, but yeah, actually, this is the most comprehensive he's ever <laughs> sounded to me. I'm like, holy shit, he can actually talk like a human. So I thought that was quite impressive. Um, and obviously you were saying when we were talking about it being painfully 80s, like the little musical jingles in between yeah, the scenes like and stuff like that. Yeah, like intro to a new character. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
there's a lot of like there's a lot of jazz composers that like are now hurting for work when the 90s came about that we that we Tune the, do, 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 do. I loved that. I loved that. That was the kind of like theme throughout the film. Yeah. Kurt Russell's hair was magnificent. It was magnificent. It was. Like, mind that bit where you kind of get introduced to him and he goes in his flat and he gets shot with that guy and he chases a wee Chinese guy mm-hmm. through the parking garage. Uh-huh. So he's chasing him through a park, the parking garage of his apartment complex. Right? Yep. During the day. So why is there a couple pumping in a car? Well, yeah. That was weird, aye. There was a... Did they not just go upstairs to their, their apartment? It's yeah. during the day. don't know. You would, well, maybe there, were, maybe there was a cheating thing going on. But you don't know. You would go to... I was, taking, I was taking a note at the time, and then all I heard was, Oh, tits! <laughs> it was weird, wasn't <laughs> it? That was like... from Jess. And then, and then you were like, should I rewind? Um... <laughs> Yeah, so in the parents' guide, there are three shots of nudity, two in the car, um, one after a stripper's dance. Rather long shot, that one. See that bit, right? Yeah. I made that mention of this at the time. Right? Obviously, like we're talking about how young the characters are, but Terry Hatcher was still a, a fairly big star. And Do you want me to read the parents' guide for her? Was she a big star at this point? Where else was she? She was still quite well known at that point, was she not? Was she? I, I thought she so. was. I don't think she'd done Superman and that and no, Lewis still later on. Yeah. That was like mm. mid-90s. This was very early on, I think. Right, read the parents' guide for her. So, yeah, it says Catherine, Terry Hatcher, dances in a silver bra and leggings, no nudity and not very suggestive. Well, that's that was so that was my, what I took away from it, right? Like, for a stripper, she's fair covered up. It's a gigantic bra, almost comedy-sized. And then she's wearing like pants and leggings to make sure she's not even showing any leg. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of 80s vibes. Well, but, yeah, you know. but I just thought it was interesting. So like, she's the star. And so they go back into the changing room. She's completely covered up. Everyone in the background is just walking about tits out. Yeah. Like, and it was like, see, back in the 80s, there was a thing where when it was an action film, they really wanted to get tits in it. Like I, yeah. one of the the things I always one of the examples I always use is Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Like that film did not need it, but Bruce Willis literally uses like a page three girl to know where he is in the shaft. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's like two times he looks at it and goes, oh, he's back at the same bit because it's a calendar of a topless girl. And the also jump in and somebody yep. rather pumping in an office. So <laughs> unnecessary, but yeah. it just back then it was just like right, yeah, how can we get some well, tips into a, this? The thing is, they're getting an R rating anyway. Aye. So you may as well chuck it in. Aye, you may as well chuck it in. You're, you're getting an R rating because of the death anyway. Aye. And violence and swear it, swearing ones, you may as well chuck in some tits. But yeah, That's, back in the eighties, it was just that was you knew you could. It was so transparent, wasn't yeah, it? That they were like, yeah. right, where's the tits going? I think this was her first proper movie, to be fair. This is because she's only in like TV parts before this, really. Uh, right. And then this was seems to be. Aye, uh, pretty much. Yeah, there was confusion amongst us, but also it, it transpired that was sort of intended about who she actually was in reference to. Exactly, to. Cash, to Sylvester which Sloan. One is, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it was. Like, because it's, it's a bit. Um, ambiguous at the start you don't yeah. know if it's a partner or a daughter Craig was even flinging yeah. out well, at and first I'm like, I was like, I was like too young to be sister he must be in the film like 35, 40 anyway, so but they're, they're not pe- that different age they're, they're only about 8 years apart in real life so I was because that's why I was wondering I'm like are they are they shagging because they're, like there's an age difference but it's not old enough for a mother 
like a father daughter, but I think I, th- I felt like that's what they were going for. I know, but then, right enough, then it was the sister. The brother and the sister, he, like in the film, he is about 35, 40, surely. He, that's what he looks. Oh, he does look at I. So then, Stallone came out of the womb looking about 20, though, to be fair. And then she's, like, see, I, I get the impression she's like 20 odd. Mm. Mm. So the parents had a fucking gap of like 15 years before they had another kid. Is that not fucking weird? That is weird, it happens. Does happen, yeah. But yeah, bizarre. Somebody get the snap and then it didn't work. I did think it was strange though that they and they obviously made it like they purposely didn't tell you what the relationship was so that they could have that scene where Cash is like getting the massage offer mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and then you're like, well, what's going to happen when Tango appears here? Because what is the relationship? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just it did seem like almost like I don't know. Did you need to do it for that? like it wasn't I, I didn't think it necessarily like I don't know paid off in that way but I, I, look I, there was so many weird things in this uh, film another, a lot another weird thing is do you know how the two best cops in LA would know each other I, I, the two best cops that do the same type of job do you know how they would know each other? You would think, yeah. Yeah, come on. Even if they're no partners, you think, they would, like, you think they would have maybe like fucking crossed paths at one point. Mm-hmm. But no, mm-hmm. they're totally fucking new to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact that they get 18 months for murder, I thought that was pretty good. That would, that's, it's not much of a fucking deterrent, is it? No, I mean, obviously, as it turns out, then you end up in that fucking psycho jail. But like at the time, 18 months, I was like, fucking hell. Uh-huh. Pretty decent. I don't know, I just like the tone of this movie. It just felt very 90s, action 90s, and I love that feel. I saw that. I, I, I always, it it just, feel, just feels nostalgic. Nah, you I can tell that, that it's that made in a certain time. Yeah, I love that vibe. You just can't escape it. I thought it was interesting, like, again, mentioned Die Hard, but, like, this film, like like I say, like, I love the the sort of vibe of it as well, but, you, it, like, I thought this film felt older than, like, Die Hard. But this was made the year after Die Hard. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like Die Hard almost doesn't seem anywhere near as old as it is, unless you're looking at like some of the technology, yeah. like, like some of the computers. Like when they do the touch screen, you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. But like it's I don't timeless, know. Whereas, timeless. Yeah. Whereas this, like, it felt like it was, and I think it was because it was going for it, but it felt like it was made in a certain time. Mm. Um. The the scene so when they when they're in the jail and they're essentially trying to kill them by they've got them downstairs they're dipping them into the water they're electrocuting them that whole scene was just so fucking ridiculous yeah. like all of a sudden the fucking big boss is there again he's I just up, he's just appeared in the jail now mm. granted they they cover it a little bit by saying. Uh, that for the right price you can buy off the guards and stuff like that but it is a bit weird that he's just sort of there as a big fucking cheerleader mm-hmm. uh, while they're getting dipped in and electrocuted but then when I, but then when the guards come in to break the, the sort of good guards come in to break it up he just sort of retreats backwards into the, <laughs> the fog and you're like right mate you're still in the corner of the room how did you get out <laughs> how did you get out of the prison yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean he's just like that. he just sort of slowly yeah. retreats into the into the sure into the fuck, steam sure as fuck he's not going to do a vent system with that so <laughs> he's going to the front door he's literally <laughs> just went I'm going to hide in the corner <laughs> <laughs> that was great man 
But and when see the when they first enter the prison though, and they're getting having a shower together. Mm-hmm. And then like, see if you call if you call somebody peewee in terms of their dick, you're always saying it's a wee dick. Aye. But then if you called somebody tripod, you would be saying they've got a big dick. Aye, and he calls it back. But he to calls back. him. He calls him tri- He calls him peewee. Then he calls him tripod. And I'm like, what? So he's got a small dick and a big dick. Make Aye. up your mind. Yeah, that you was mean? weird. He's like, aye, because I didn't get that. And then it was run the wrong way because he's the one that goes, Kurt Russell's the one that goes to grab the soap and Sylvester Stallone goes, hey, what are you doing? But it would be the other way around the boot, wouldn't it? That, that whole scene was a bit strange, yeah. aye. There was a deleted shower scene, so... Oh, was there? Yeah. Are we on a little bit about that? No, it's just, was there cocks out? It's, I don't know. Not aye. seen it. Not seen it. To be fair, it could be something to do with the fact that there was four directors involved in this was throughout the, the course of it, yeah. Oh, so Sylvester so Sloan again. Che- aye, and he... Aye. Having differences with folk. Yeah. Um, so... He's a fucking egomaniac, ma- this guy. Aye. Absolute egomaniac. Yeah, definitely. He just can't help himself. No. He cannot help himself. I'm not that big a fan of him, to be honest. Like, I like some of his films and stuff like that, but I think, I don't know, I've just always thought he was a bit of a tit. I like I like his films, to be honest with you. I, I, I do like, what, like I say, I like his films. He's, he's, he's a fucking bona fide action star. Oh, You can't deny it. Yeah. And the guy's 75 or something, he's still fucking built. He could still kick shit out of fucking me and you. There's still going to be another Rambo film. <laughs> No, there's not going to be another Rambo film. How many times has he said that? I know, but that's him done, for fuck's sake. He can't deal with that shit. And he's got a broken neck, I think. I think he's got a broken neck. Fuck's he sake. had that fight with Stone Cold in the Expendables. And he yes. held Stone Cold to fucking give it to him. And Stone Cold did, and he broke his neck. Yeah. I, still wouldn't, I still wouldn't put it past him. He is fucking built, but he's still fucking, at that point, 70. You can't be doing shit like that. I know. You've got to realise that you're, even though you are fucking hard as fuck, there's built, limits. Yeah. There's limits to your age. And Aye. your bones are just going to get weaker and less dense as you get older. It's just inevitable. Yeah. And can't he continue like, like the way you are when you were Rambo, obviously? Aye. The guy's fucking half his head. Absolutely half his head. I thought it was interesting when they were like escaping the prison. It was almost like a game of operation where they were like having to like try and not get electrocuted. Like yeah. I thought that was I don't know if that was me- I, like it was meant to signify that, but it was like so obvious that it was just like a game of operation. Another fun fact: the sound effect used for their truck in the quarry towards the end is the same as Luke Skywalker's land speeder in Star Wars nineteen seventy seven. Hmm. Was that supposed to be a nod or... I don't know. Are they out of budget? I don't know. <laughs> What's happened there? Probably just used it for cheapness. That's mm. the Probably, aye. Probably in the public domain. That was very... Because like, the film felt very much like all these new gadgets are available. Because like, Kurt Russell's gun was overkill. Like that big mm. fucking laser thing. Like, yes. Like, how uh-huh. the fuck do you even aim that thing? Yeah. You know what I, I mean? <laughs> but it was like the film was like that. It was like excess and mm-hmm. that yeah. car, that car mm-hmm. at the end. Aye. Jesus Christ. I didn't know a ladder to get into. Fucking mental. Yeah. Yeah, it did seem, especially even it happened more so as the film went on. It was as if they just they wanted to up the ante, wasn't it? Yeah. Which again is almost classically 80s, where they're just like. Aye. Aye, it's over the top but fuck it Aye. like I feel like back in the 80s like people cause you didn't have the internet and you had people that were a lot less tech savvy and stuff like that you could almost like I wouldn't put it past like people being like Aye, I can see those cars been about in five years Aye. <laughs> but see if you tried to do that yeah. now folk would be like no <laughs> no 
<laughs> it's almost like a simpler time. Right. What's a bit weird as well is like when you think about it, the the bit at the end when they storm that like, it's basically like a warehouse, isn't it? Right. It's like a warehouse. And uh, for some reason, like the main bad guy has set up a fucking self-destruct voice mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Imagine actually like doing that, like having to say, oh, this is my this is my warehouse for all my drugs or whatever in my my, my, my criminal enterprise. I better uh, get a self-destruct thing, but I better get a wee guy to do the voice for it. <laughs> Self-destruct in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? And just like, what the, what the actual fuck? When you think about it, could you not think about it? Could you just expect that stuff in films? But when you actually think of the logic and then thinking about somebody, the steps of somebody doing that yeah. and like fucking looking up somebody to hire them, could you mind just doing a wee voiceover for this mm-hmm. self-destruct from my warehouse? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> How fucking stupid that actually is. Yeah. There was like, towards the end, there was, there was definitely quite a few like i don't know not tropes but things that like you're like oh i've seen this before like i don't know see when they were like towards the end and they're in like the construction site and you're like mm. how many 80s action films ended up in a fucking construction site yeah. and then see when quarry. i know but you know what i mean it's like it's the same like it's the very construction equipment aye, yeah. like they get the diggers out and stuff like that like how many fucking action films at that time did you see with diggers and shit mm. and like the bit where they kill the main the main bad guy and it's like in a room full of mirrors and you're like i don't know again like i'm not saying it happened all the time but how many people have actually ever been killed in a room full of mirrors and then how many times has it happened on screen do you know what i mean it's like almost like it's something that just visually looks quite cool. Aye, it's, it's a cool idea but yeah. it's something looks that's been cool. used so many times Aye, looks cool but if you're out to kill that guy why would you waste time looking for the right guy? Would you not just fucking shoot all the mirrors? Mm. And you, you, would you not just go in and go and just fucking shoot everything? Because you're looking to kill him anyway. But then they would kill the girl as well. Oh, was she in there? Ah, she was, he was holding her at gunpoint. So they had to get the right one. And if they'd missed the first time, then he'd have killed her. Ah, oh, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. But yeah, so what did we think overall? It was okay. We're more action, sort of 80s action buffs than you I would say yeah two for me two I would go three just going between three and four I'd go three mm. I did enjoy it though like I love these sort of <laughs> I just love fucking 80s action films four four mm. it's interesting as well I don't know that I have seen that film before I think that might be the first time I've I seen it I haven't seen it before yeah. certainly like when we we spoke about it beforehand like, I know the name very well, and so I assumed I had seen it, but I didn't remember, and I expected that when I watched it, I'd be like, oh, yeah. See all that see that timeline of maybe, like, 87 to, like, 93, mm. that kind of timeline of action for, like, 48 hours. Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of stuff, like, mm-hmm. stakeout, like, just, like, all that kind of shit, like, I love all that shit. Yeah. I love it, because it's just the vibe of it. Yeah, I totally and it's agree. just, like, it's just, like, this time, this, like, Time Beverly Hill Cop, and it's just like so distinctive. Beverly Hill Cop, I like exactly Beverly Hills Cop. Like, for I, I love uh, what's his name again? Fabi- what I don't know what one it is the the wee guy Arnold or something like that. Aquel, Aquel, Aquel Foley. Turn around, turn around. <laughs> He's great, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Aquel, Aquel Foley. I even, lo- I even love the third. 
Beverly Hill Cop, even though it gets and a the, bit of a bum rap in the park. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like not it. as good as the first two, but it's no. still fucking great. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so we're going a bit more current with our next really mm-hmm. uh, review, which is going to be Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. So not the you say current current original. in terms of release. Aye, set ages ago. Ah, yes. Back yeah. in the times of Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to watch that this week and report back on our thoughts. Yes. And yeah, that is all for this week's episode. Unless anyone else has any further comments. No, nothing to say. Done. Note. Okay. I'm out. Well, thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed. As always, do subscribe, like, comment, share with your friends. Give us some love. Bump the mic. Uh, I will be back in seven days. See you then. Ta-ta. Peace.